Greetings and welcome to Worthy Radio. I'm your host, Shannon Yvette. I believe one of the greatest gifts we give ourselves and those we love is the beauty of our own wholeness. When we focus on the inner work of our soul, the outer world will transform. I am honored to be on this sacred and transformative journey with you. Welcome to Worthy Radio. This is your podcast host, Shannon Yvette, and I am excited as I am every day to be here with you and to share this heart-to-heart connection about some of the things that oftentimes we feel that we have to navigate through alone. I'm grateful to be your partner on this journey. And on today, I'm actually going to share a little bit about how we can actually work together in a private coaching group. I have a very dynamic private group coaching community called the Inner Court, and I would love for you to be a part of that. I think the only thing better than private coaching is group private coaching, and it's because we're able to transcend so much when we work together as a collaborative and creative group. So I can't wait to share with you how you can become a part of that community. Uh, You may have heard some of our little snippets and reminders and commercials on some of the other shows, and yet... I want to extend to you a very real invitation to this uh, sacred uh, group because many of us need coaching, we need mentoring, we need a private community where we can thrive and really transcend to the next level of our spiritual growth and supernatural success. And so on today, we are talking about pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And so I am going to share with those of us who are kind of prone, (laughs) we prone, we prone to drama. We're prone to kind of get into that rabbit hole of thought. We are prone to um, depression. We're prone to anxiety. We have ways that we increase our um, suffering through some of the habits that we're in. I'm going to give you some tools on that on today. And our worthy quote of the day is, suffering has been stronger than all other teaching and has taught me to understand what your heart used to be. I've been bent and broken, but I hope into a better shape. And that is by Charles Dickens. And so I do want to start off by saying that I am grateful. I am grateful for sacred suffering. Let me tell you. Uh, Pain is a purifier. Uh, Pain repurposes things in your life. It brings out a level of wisdom when it's funneled and transmuted into uh, source. And when we allow God to minister to our spirits about what the pain was here to teach us. And yet there is an unholy form of suffering and it's self-inflicted. So I want to explain first the difference between sacred suffering and self-inflicted suffering. We live in a world that doesn't want to suffer at all, really. We do everything we can to avoid pain and to seek pleasure, but that makes for a very shallow and really um, a, a life that doesn't reflect the depth and the inner wisdom and the inner strength of somebody who has gone through the fiery trials, counted all joy, When you enter into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, 
but let patience have its perfect way, because in the end you will be whole, complete, lacking nothing. And so the tool of suffering is used to bring about wisdom that we would not have had. It may be wisdom about how to view ourselves, how to view people, how to view God. It may be something that we were missing when we went into that lesson, but on the other side of the lesson, if we let patience perfect us, if we allow that pain to become a teacher, we will see right on the other side of that pain is breakthrough wisdom. It's a deeper level of our anointing. It's a deeper level of our authority. It's a deeper level of our wholeness because pain can be used as a purposeful tool to craft us into the people that we would never be without it. Now, do I believe you have to learn every lesson through pain? No. Not at all. We can learn our pes- our lessons in peace. We can learn our pe- our lessons through wisdom. We can, I keep wanting to say patience. So I'm like, patience and lessons, peasants. We can learn lessons uh, so many other ways. And yet, for those of us who've been through it, for those of us who've had a dark night of the soul, for those of us who've had a season where we have gone into that chrysalis, where we were transcending the life of the caterpillar and we were becoming butterflies, which means we were soaring over the level of our trial with a new level of beauty and courage and wisdom. Oh, there's a breaking. God breaks our hearts to open them. God breaks our hearts to reveal to us where we've become closed off to our source, which is is interesting because we do close off to our only only source of redemption when we are in pain. We tend to tighten. We tend to get smaller. All of us in this world are going to experience pain. This is life. People die. We lose jobs. People move. There are natural disasters. There are things that are happening all over this globe. We just went through a time in California with the worst wildfires that we've ever seen. And they were right on the heels of a a mass shooting that came here in California. We may feel sometimes nowadays like we don't even have time. I actually read in the paper one of the women who had just been uh, grieving the loss of somebody that she loved that was shot in Thousand Oaks, California at the mass clubs shooting the very next day they started to receive the news that they had to evacuate their homes because of the fires. And she literally said, my God, I didn't even have time to catch my breath before, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't even time to catch her breath before the next tragedy happened. And so many times nowadays we can feel like that. We're exposed to everything that's happening in this world. And so there's a collective pain. There's a collective trauma. There are things that those of us who are empaths or we feel things in a very deep way, we're sensing and we're feeling. And so pain is inevitable. We're not going to get out of this world without being affected, without being wounded by the messiness and the chaotic nature of life. And yet suffering is sometimes what we do to ourselves when we do not know how to transmute pain into purpose, when we don't know how to transmute pain into power, when we don't know how to transmute pain into profit. And so suffering is very different. And there's a sacred suffering, right? If you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. If you go through some of the fiery sufferings that refine you, that purify you, that cause you to die to the lower parts of yourself, for every crown, there is a cross. 
For every calling, there is a cross. And so we will all endure that same three-day supernatural journey. And it may not come in three days. It may take three years. It may take three hours. It may take three months. But we're going to go through that familiar cycle every time we transcend a level of this life and get into a higher place of power, purpose. We are going to die to something in ourselves. We are going to bury a part of ourselves and then we are going to resurrect in a new and glorious part of ourselves. So you may go into a relationship and you may find yourself coming out of that so bruised and so battered and yet you're going to die to the part of yourself that is dependent upon somebody else to be your source for for joy, for happiness, for peace. You're going to bury that part of yourself that feels an adequate to stand on its own. And then you're going to resurrect in a level of oneness with God and really appreciation for yourself that you went through that and that you're still here. And so with every death, there's a rebirth. And so there is a sacredness to that type of suffering because it's only there as a tool to drive you to a different place of wisdom. That type of suffering is only there as purification to get selfishness out of us, to get vanity out of us, to get the parts of us that we're so devoted to, you know, our habits, the things that weaken us, the things that separate us from our source. That type of suffering is there to purify. It's there to crucify those parts of us that need to die in order for the glory of God to live in a bigger and bolder and more beautiful way. So that's all good, right? Because on the other side of that suffering, we tap into a beauty that few people ever, ever live to witness if they remain bound in the activity and the addiction of self-suffering. So holy suffering will drive me to my knees in humility. It allows me to accept the profound peace and joy that only comes from releasing what I've been resisting. There's a part of suffering that comes from resisting the calling of God, from running from the call of your life's greatness. There's a suffering that comes when we fight against the calling on our life. I mean, look at the garden where Jesus had his battle. We always think that victory was won on the cross, but it was really a fight that happened in that garden where the Bible says that Jesus suffered so much that he started to have his sweat turn into blood. You have to really be suffering and resistance to have your sweat turn into blood. And Jesus was saying, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. How many times have you gotten a directive from your intuition? You felt something in your spirit and you knew that you were supposed to step out and do it, but you resisted it. So it causes suffering and that is self-inflicted suffering. It's resisting the call to die to something in order to live in a way that is truly free, in a, a way that is truly transcendent. And so we will suffer when we resist our calling, right? And there comes a time that that suffering becomes so great that we say, just like Jesus did, nevertheless, not your will. I mean, not my will, not my will, because sometimes we can make God try to bow down to our will, right? Instead of us humbling ourselves and accepting his will. And so we will all reach that holy place of saying, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then the peace comes, right? The minute we get wisdom, the minute we tap surrender or humility, the peace floods us because the suffering for righteousness sake is there for our beautification. It's there for our glory. It's clean. It's holy. 
Sometimes it's quick, you know, and sometimes even if it feels like it is prolonged for a season, remember it's only there because it's offering us wisdom or freedom in a way that we have to grow into. And so when you're suffering in a holy way, instead of saying, why am I suffering? Why, 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 why is God doing this to me? One of the ways that you know a person is healing is that they start asking different questions. So the question is not why God, why God? The question is, what do you want to show me? What do I need to learn? What am I missing? What am I not seeing here? Because the minute I get wisdom, then I become whole, complete, lacking nothing. The suffering leaves, right? The second thing about suffering is that, you, you know, this, the unholy suffering is really my need to diminish, beat up on, and uh, keep myself in a place of bondage because I'm in a unholy relationship with myself. I'm in a relationship with myself where I'm repeating the past. I'm living on the loop. I'm living on rewind. I'm repeating the wreck. I remember years ago, um, I wrecked my my mother's brand new car right off the lot. I mean, this was a car that she had custom ordered. She got the exact purple with the pearl on it. (laughs) There was a time in LA where if you didn't have a pearl, a pearl on your color, you didn't know what was up. So my mother had a purple pearl finish on this brand new sports car that she had gotten. I mean, she didn't have that car off the lot for 24 hours. She let me take it to this important meeting. And I was so excited about the meeting. I was like, mom, I want to take your new car. And so she believed in her baby girl. She let me take that car. And I wasn't in that car for 30 minutes before it was totaled. I got into an accident on the 10 freeway going west me and my passenger, we were going for a, a very important interview with this prominent business person in LA. We were interviewing him for our magazine. And I will never forget the way I felt when that wreck happened. It was like, you know, some of us are like grown and still afraid of our mothers. So it was beyond the wreck and beyond everything else. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to tell my mother? And I went through a slight depression after that. You know, because my passenger, who was like my friend, I thought she sued me and it just was all these things that happened. The the driver who hit us was saying that it wasn't her fault. I mean, it just was messy, you guys. And there was a time that every time I would pass by that place on the 10 freeway, I would experience it all over again. I would replay the wreck. 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 I would lie in my bed and I would go over that wreck again and again and again. And I would say, well, if I would have just left earlier or if I could have just gone over here and done this. Oh, my God. Torment, self-suffering. When we do the shoulda, coulda, woulda, if I would. Oh, my gosh. Are we creating self-suffering? Every time I would replay that wreck in my mind, I would feel it. I would feel it in my body. I would tense up, I would get tight. And it's the same thing that happens to us when we replay stories. We, they become sticky. They become a part of our, our chemistry. We become addicted to replaying those stories. You know, it was enough that I really did suffer. You know, I I, I lost a friendship. I had to go through therapy for my back. I, you know, I, I disappointed my mom. It just was a tough season. 
And yet that was enough, right? That was enough. But then to add, you know, a lie to the wound, because every wound we go through comes with a lie attached to it. So the wound was real. That initial point of pain was real. Gosh, I I, I totaled my mother's car. I totaled my mother's car, her brand new car. That's enough. To add insult to injury, I then beat up on myself for months after that. And this is when I was younger and I did not realize the value of a strong inner life. One that learned how to get things off of me quickly, how to forgive and forget, how to move forward, how to pick myself up and go. You see, self-mastery doesn't mean you won't fall. It just means you get up quicker. You get up quicker. Nowadays, when something happens, it what may have taken me a year to recover from before might take me a month. What may have taken me a month to recover for might take me 10 days. What may have taken me 10 days a few years ago now takes me a day. What may have taken me a day now takes me an hour. And so self-mastery simply means you get to the wisdom, you get to the peace, you get to your source quicker. You don't play these games with yourself. You don't inflict more suffering on yourself. And so you end the suffering when you get the wisdom. So the wisdom that I have now, and I hope to impart to you, is that when we're suffering, it's because we lack wisdom. When we're suffering, it may be because we're self-absorbed or focused on our small world where we need to diminish and to devalue ourselves. And yet we can heal our addiction to this frequency of pain. There was a payoff in me feeling sorry for myself. It really was. You know, I got to kind of hide out from the responsibility of what it was going to require now to rebuild my life. I got to hide out from the pain that I was going through with my friend who ended up, you know, suing the insurance company. I got to go through hiding out from God because I was mad at him and I didn't know how to say that back then. I just got to go into my own world and replay the wreck and beat up on myself. Have you been doing that? Have you have you been replaying the wreck? Have you, have you been allowing yourself to experience over and over and over again something that already hurt once and now you're allowing yourself to go into unholy suffering by repeating it? If so, there's a calling to release it. If so, there's a calling to surrender it. If so, there's a calling to cleanse it to give it over to God and to allow his wisdom, his peace that passes all understanding to come and take the place of that false suffering. Listen, we're going to go through enough in this life on our own. There will be natural disasters. There will be loss. There will be things that happen to people that we love. There will be even things that we endure that we have no control over. But one of the things we do have control over is the way we feel if we are actually at the mercy of our own words of our own thoughts, of our own mentally berating ourselves. If we are at the mercy of ourselves, we have the authority and the power to stop these ways of thinking that are hurting and damaging us. If a thought is creating your sadness and you are co-creating that sadness or that suffering with your thoughts, then why don't we believe that we can stop thinking like that and then create a different type of a feeling? We can We count it all joy when we enter into various trials because we know that the testing of our faith produces patience. And if we let patience have its perfect way, we will be whole and complete, lacking nothing, which means when I come out of this, I will be wiser. I will be stronger. I will be more inner rich. 
I will have an inner sanctuary that's more powerful, that's more potent. And so the next time something like this happens, I'll get out of it quicker. My rebound will be quicker because I'll be more wise. And I refuse to punish myself over and over again. When God forgives me, when God says this too shall pass, and when really I don't deserve to suffer And I certainly don't deserve to suffer twice. And so we create self-suffering by obsessing over the future that does not exist. We create self-suffering by replaying the wrecks on loop from the past. When we leave the moment, we leave our source. When we leave the moment, we leave our power. The holy suffering brings about change. It brings about power. It brings about purification. It brings about peace because the only purpose of it is to free us up from something that we're bound to that no longer serves our growth, our beauty, our redemption. And so really this is an invitation to freedom over false suffering. And if if I'm going to suffer, let it be for righteousness sake. Let it be because I'm shaking something off of me that no longer belongs. Let it be because I'm being brought face to face with a mentality or a habit that is no longer necessary for what I've grown into and become as a woman or as a human being. And so I want to encourage you to learn the difference between suffering for righteousness sake and self-suffering. Because when we're suffering for righteousness sake, it drives us into a closer fellowship with God, our source, where we can just simply say, God, what am I here to learn? Once we get it, we can go on. We can enter into our peace. And that's a beautiful place to reside in peace. And so we have our worthy listener question that I'm going to get to. And it says, I noticed recently that in my anxieties, my relationships stem and wait, I'm sorry. I noticed recently that my anxieties and relationships stem from me feeling uncomfortable being in a loving relationship because my mom and dad aren't together. All the older women I admire are divorced and my fingle, my my female, <laughs> my fingle. I'm looking at female and single. This 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 my this this the coffee speaking. It says, and my female um, single friends are cynical about men. It feels awkward to be happy. Sometimes I feel guilty. I get it. I live in a place of such spiritual transcendence that sometimes I feel guilty about how good life is, but. You know, when you've been through the fire, when you've been through years of piecing your life together, when you've had a few dark nights of the soul, you don't need to be guilty anymore about your happiness. And when you're surrounded by people who have not had healthy relationships, that has nothing to do with you. That's their journey. Just because you failed at your restaurant launch doesn't mean my restaurant launch is going to fail. Just because, you know, you have a hard time on your job doesn't mean I'm going to have a hard time on my job. But one of the ways we create suffering is through comparison. We take on the journey of somebody else and we make it about us. If all the women in your family are unhappy and divorced, I do not hang out with women who bash men. Even coming out of a 17-year marriage, I love marriage. I thank God for marriage. I welcome the day I say I do again because I believe in the covenant of marriage and I believe in the beauty of love. And so if you're around people who diminish that and who bash that and you're in that vibrational frequency, that will you know, affect you and it will cause a different level of suffering because you'll go in your head and you'll be thinking about them and well 
didn't work for them. So is that going to happen to me? And you're blending stories and you're, you know, crossing boundaries into their life. Look in life, there's only three lanes. And this was written by one of one of the healing masters, Byron Katie. There's three lanes in this life, your lane, my lane and the other person in God's lane. So there's the other person's lane, there's your lane and there's God's lane. And you know that you're out of your lane because you will start to suffer. So when you start to think about what happened to your mom and she didn't get a good man, and then that means you might not, you're going to suffer. When you start, you know, questioning God and what's happening in your life and trying to rush things and, 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 you know, force and control things, you start to suffer. But when you stay in your own lane and you say, God, what are you teaching me through this? What do you want to show me? What do you want to heal in me about my mentality, about relationships, maybe about men? Then you have your peace because you're in the place where you really have authority, which is you and you. And so if you find yourself around women who bash men, get away from them. I'm raising three kings. I'm so anti-male bashing. And you see a lot of that in this world right now, a lot of unhealed, unexpressed pain and sadness coming out in the form of anger and unholy rage because there's a part of rage that can be holy but it's unholy rage to you know be hard on an entire sex it's unholy and so we need healing just as much as these men do but as we are opening our hearts to love it's good to be around love and people who are in healthy and loving relationships and we don't need to feel guilty about being happy i've done it you know i've sometimes felt guilty about the level I feel like I've reached in my spiritual growth where what used to get to me just doesn't get to me anymore. And yet, haven't we paid our suffering dues? <laughs> How many of you have like paid your suffering dues? Like now it's time to actually be happy and to see if you can do that part of life. We know we can suffer. We know we can be in lack. We know we can whine and moan and beg and complain, but can we be happy? Can we be in joy? Can we be in freedom? Can we live in purpose and power in that part? part of life where God really can get the glory from everything. So, and that's the beauty of this because God also gets the glory for, for what it took for us to get to this place, right? There's a time that you thank God for everything that you went through because it perfected you and it made you the powerful and beautiful and noble person that is allowing God to shine all that through you. And so that's sacred, but we have no reason to feel guilty about that. And that was from Pam. So Pam, no reason to feel guilty about that at all. So God bless you, my sister. And here is our soul reflection question for today. You know, I always want to give you a soul reflection question. And then shortly, I'm going to invite you to be a part of our coaching community. I would love to be your private coach. And uh, the question for today, you write it in your journal, practice it in your soul care time tonight or in the morning. Everybody should have a spiritual practice. You should have at least 10 to 20 minutes to an hour to two hours, however, however However long you can get it in, you know, where you just spend with you and God, that's just daily wisdom to have private time to spend with you and God. And so I want you to take this question into your private time, which is what has been one of the greatest lessons you've learned through pain? What has been one of the greatest lessons you've learned through pain? And how did this lesson help elevate and expand your life? Think about it. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the, the, the pain that I've been through that's purified me. Is there something that you've learned through pain that purchased something on the inside of you that made you unstoppable? To you, God bless you. I will see you on tomorrow.
Thank you for joining me today on Worthy Radio. Please feel free to visit us online at shannonyvette.com. My prayer is that you continue to come up higher in personal worthiness and intimacy with God in order to flourish in life and flourish in love.